Welcome to the Spirit of West Texas podcast, where we are having real conversations with people who live and work in West Texas. Our guests this season will tell us about their big dreams. They'll share about their challenges and successes that they've had along their journey. Listen in and we hope you'll learn something and maybe even have some fun with us along the way. Well, good morning, Amy. Good morning. Every morning I ask you if you've met our guest yes. before, and this morning you said uh, that answer was no. Not but in person. Not in person, but I've admired them from afar for many, many, many years. So far <laughs> we've gone through three or four different stories yes. where y'all have had interactions, and um, it feels like y'all are already best it friends, like doesn't friends. it? Yes, uh, this it is feels a, like we're I knew we would be friends before, that they, before they even got here. I knew we'd be friends. What uh, what good friends to have in your back pocket? That's right, people that own a winery. Yeah, that make yeah. their own wine. Yeah, Those are always good friends that. to have. So, Jared, Katie, Jane Seaton, and Tracy Ferguson are not only sister-in-laws and best friends, but part of a family representing eight generations that are currently farming 7,000 acres in West Texas. Katie, Jane, and Tracy, along with their husbands, Nicholas and Anthony, are the proud owners of Farmhouse Vineyards, proudly growing grapes for some of the largest wineries in the state of Texas. Chances are, if you've been to the Hill Country recently, you have tasted grapes from Farmhouse Vineyards. Their experience in the fields of West Texas, along with their love of wine, has led them to create their own boutique run of wines and let me tell you they're really good wines i'm no questioning doubt. why we decided to record this podcast episode over coffee and not happy hour actually <laughs> right about now so I katie concur. jane and tracy are smart and funny and creative and i'm so excited to have them with us in the podcast studio today to talk about their big dream fantastic let's jump in it let's do it all right Welcome to the podcast studio, Katie, Jane, and Tracy. <laughs> I'm excited about all of our guests this season, but I have to admit, my team and I have really been looking forward to having you here because we love your wine. We love it so much. Um, and your tasting room, White House Parker and Brownfield. So welcome to the podcast studio. Thank you Thank so you much. So much. Yeah. You guys are super kind. Well, we love your wine, especially the boyfriend. That is a fan favorite. Um, but, you know, that I think all three of us would say is one of our favorite wines. So we were just curious, what's your favorite wine? I, I love the boyfriend. Yes. Um, and Farmer's Wife. We've sold out of that one, but we're getting ready to bottle that pretty soon. And she won't take credit for it. But boyfriend is Tracy's um, baby. She named it and it's her concept. And well, I love the boyfriend. Tell our listeners what the con the, the story behind the boyfriend. It's, it's great copy on the back of the bottle. Well, yes. So <laughs> I didn't really think that Katie Jane was going to put that on the bottle, but it's all worked out. So our first wine was called Housewife, and it was that was Katie Jane's wine. That was a joke that I became anybody's housewife again. So we thought we'd be pretty <laughs> tongue in cheek about the first wine we ever made. So. so we are down in Austin really trying to hustle and sell sell housewife to anyone and everyone that would would purchase and we really realized probably on that trip like we we are in the wine business yeah. now moving forward it, it's not just grapes anymore and so we were trying to figure out well what what wine would go with housewife and our guys are always they just live on the tractor you never know when they're going to come in and it was planting season at the time so we were probably having about a a bottle a night. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I thought, well, we could name it boyfriend. You can drink with your boyfriend, not get in any trouble. <laughs> and um, just in, then years later, we, we still have boyfriend. And it's sort of, 
um, I guess one of the fans favorite. Selling, yes, yeah. it's fantastic. Tell tell our listeners what kind of wine it is. What so varietal. it's one hundred percent Malvasia Bianca. That was our um, flagship white wine. That um, at the very beginning we could not give that wine away. No, as or growers, that grapes. yeah. Um, we've we've made it sparkling, which is boyfriend. It's a um, sparkled Malvasia Bianca, like a light prosecco style. Mm-hmm. And then we've made it dry, which is farmer's wife, a semi-sweet, which was the housewife, and then it's in our sweet wine. And so I think the way that we made it those different ways um, has helped showcase what that grape can do. And now there's a waiting list. So we're very lucky for... We didn't intend to be in the wine business. They started as growers. And we had an overage in that grape. And it was really funny because, like she said, we tried to get everyone to take it. Nobody wanted it. And so that's why we made Housewife. Um, And everybody should make the product that that they're selling anyway. It makes you better at your job, right? If you take something to bottle, you'll be a better grower. Mm. Just like our winery client list that we sell to, we try and sell only to wineries that also farm themselves, that have a vineyard, so that they have a better understanding of what it's like to farm. But um, after we made that wine, they all came back and said, well, where is this? Where have you been hiding this? And we were like, oh, we haven't been hiding it. We've been begging you to take it. And you didn't want it. So <laughs> now there's a waiting list, but it's all funny. That's awesome. what Life you, is very funny. What do you attribute that to? Just getting it out there, getting more bottles in people's hands? I mean, what do you think has made yeah. the difference? Unknowns, you know, unknowns. You just, everybody, until someone else dubs something, you know, the next hot thing or, wow, mm. they love this. I attribute it to... You can retail. It's just retail. You know, you can be in a store and you can have one woman walk over to a sale rack and squeal and suddenly 30 women will flock Mm. to that same (laughs) sale rack. Yes. And it's the hottest thing in the store. So, or you can have a movie like Sideways and utter one line of, I'm not drinking no stinking Merlot and it will crash the Merlot market. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, but true. How interesting. Well, I'm not that I'm an influencer by any means, but I'm telling you the boyfriend is the next hot thing or is the hot (laughs) thing. If you haven't tried it, it's delicious. So your families combined collectively represent eight generations of farmers in West Texas. So tell us a little bit about your family, your background, how the two of you are related. Yes. So we, I grew up of a farmer's daughter and my brother at the time, oh, since he was walking, (laughs) he just knew he was going to be a farmer. And I mean, you don't just get into farming. You don't just think, oh, I'm just going to be a farmer, you know, today. And so we, we couldn't have done anything of where, where we are without our family and grandparents and the support that they've given us. And um, but yeah, so Nicholas, he approached Anthony and I in 2009 and Anthony was working at a bank and I was teaching. And um, that's how we got into farming with him. And then a few years later, him and Katie Jane eloped. And <laughs> it's a sh- unique story. <laughs> yes, but it's very fun. Um, so then I, that was in 2013. 13. And so we had just been planting, I guess we had about 30 acres of vines at the time. And in 2013, Katie Jane brought all of her, her knowledge and history of working with a um, Hill Country Winery Association. She was the executive director and she has the big ideas. Like we need to, you know, grow and, 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 
have the tasting rooms and we all thought she was crazy. And then I guess five years ago, yeah. we have two tasting rooms and we have White House Parker in Brownfield and then one in Johnson City. I think it takes a little bit of crazy Right. You have to have a little bit of crazy in you to just start a business. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's, what's so fun about this podcast and the people that we talk to all the time is that they, they have big dreams. They're willing to take a risk. And, um, it's so inspiring to be able to hear stories like yours, um, and to see it come to fruition. So you, you just started planning your first vineyard. You just started planning your first vineyard in 2010, which is really not that long ago. I know it seems like a while ago to you, but what made you decide grapes? So our aunt and uncle are Cliff and Betty Begum, and they were, we farmed a lot with them at the time and would help each other out at harvest time and in row crops. So we have 7,000 acres of row crops and you just really cannot make a living on cotton farming anymore. And so the guys are, are very diversified. We, um, they just are, are, they're willing to take that leap of faith and to just try it out. And I think you can do more with the water that we have and in the land that we have with um, vineyards. And so we we started out with 20 acres. And then um, from there, we grew to 30. And then each each few years after that, we would um, plant a few more. It was kind of each year that we... um, had a baby there there was some more <laughs> that, that's how I remember when some of them were planted um was was were those Somebody years was so pregnant. four different yeah. years yes as um, if you weren't busy enough already right. with babies you yeah. decided to increase your yeah crop well the vineyards are, are female and so each vine is her own independent woman we talk about this a lot and they give birth every year. And so, and our, our vineyard crew is all female. There are nine women. We have two guys that come from Salamanca, Mexico on the H2A program. But when, when you start out kind of owning that and really approaching the vineyards mm-hmm. as a female entity, like a female chorus line, right? Because they're, they're all yeah. arm in arm embrace. Um, it really changes the trajectory of the fruit and the, the fruit quality and the level. And, and so... <laughs> There's a lot of estrogen in our brand, but it works well. Yes, it really it does. does. And then hats off to the farmers for, you know, not being intimidated by that. Do you, did you love wine before? You, you did, obviously. Um, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Okay. <laughs> I'm being honest. Um, yeah, 2021 um, marked my 20th year in wine marketing. So I've always been in the wine marketing business. Okay. And if I'm being like really truthful, I see both sides of it. I always say that uh, wine destroys the wine business, the business side of it, uh, destroys families. It can destroy families really easily. Um, sometimes it takes two years. Sometimes it takes 20. Sometimes it takes 200. But it's a, it's a, it can be if you don't work really hard, if you don't get up every morning and guard your heart against just, you know, at the end of the day, it's greed and alcohol, right? It can be. I mean, there's a billion books to read on it. That's why I'm so thankful for the family that I married into because they're just such wonderful people. And so I was very excited to elope with a farmer, with a grower, right? Like the agriculture is the part that I love. Um, And that's why we say, well, we don't have a winery. We have two tasting rooms and a winemaker and, you know, we're growers. Um, But our brand has evolved and we, you know, some that might change for us in the future. 
Um, so I do love wine in the way that it brings people together and it's so enjoyable. Um, it's really communal. It's Christ's first miracle, right? He didn't heal any lepers. Mm -hmm. He didn't do any other miracle first. He was like water into wine, water into wine before Mm -hmm. I do anything else in this book. I am going to start with this. Um, so I cherish that. The part that I do have just kind of a 20 year bitterness about is the constant hustle and the forgetfulness that it is not a sexy end product all the time, that it is an agriculture product that is farmed and we are not out there in white, you know, linen, stopping Mm -hmm. grapes and making a fortune. We're often losing a fortune Mm -hmm. (laughs) like every other commodity. That's such an interesting perspective. I know it's sad. I'm so sorry. It's interesting. (laughs) It's not a well, I mean, real buzzkill at a party. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's real. What you're saying is, is real. And that's what it's, it's refreshing to hear that. Um, and I love the connection that you just made to um, scripture and the respect that you have for wine. So I, I'm grateful to you for telling that. I I have to say I was, um, in Fredericksburg over the summer for a girl's trip and we went to, you know, more than one tasting room. Um, and yeah, and we, I mean, that's why we were there and I would ask, you know, or they would ask, you know, where are you from? And I would tell them we're from West Texas. And I mean, room after room, you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, that's where we get our grapes from. They come from meadow. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yay, that they say they come yeah, from meadow yes. now instead of meta. just Lubbock, meta, 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 Texas, yes. USA. So yeah. How many wineries do y'all supply grapes for currently? I know it's the best damn client list. Thank you for the, the hashtag. It yes. is the best damn client list. We work hard for that client list. Yeah. We have about 20 different yeah, wineries in the top 20 sell. in Texas. And so how, fruit too. how do you, how did you, I mean, how did you, grow that business? I think it was all relationships. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we, we really strive to, to sell fruit to, to the wineries that, that work as hard as we do in the vineyards and, and appreciate the time because wine is made in the vineyard Yeah, and, and there's wonderful winemakers that can take that product once, once it's there and can make a beautiful bottle of wine. But I think it's all about the relationship. So I see that from your website, when I was preparing for our conversation today, that y'all were the first to bring the Coonwas varietal to Texas. Um, how did this, how did that come about? <laughs> the truth? Um, yes. <laughs> her brother, my husband, um, without consulting his partners, yet again, talk about leap of faith. Nicholas doesn't do anything on a small scale, whether it's, you know, proposing to someone after a four hour conversation or purchasing eight acres of an unknown grape um, via a text message at 1130 at night. Um, we got a nursery, we got a tip. He got a tip from our nursery guy that this variety was coming, rootstock was available. Um, and it was made famous by a winery in Paso Robles called Topless Creek that a lot of people are really familiar with. They're a wonderful winery and they're known for their farming practices. They were an article about them in Today and Spectator. They're just always on the forefront of doing really sustainable farming practices, really knowledgeable. They share a ton of their very transparent with their consumers. And so they worked for nine years to get it brought over um, to the U.S. And that takes a lot of time and money and involves the Department of Defense. Like you don't just bring any type of plant material to another country without a ton of effort and money. And so for that eight acres of, of plant tissue to be available, and then for Sam to think, you know, I'd like to put it with farmhouse, that was 
quite an honor. And so he just said yes. He just knew that like to say yes, right? But then immediately was like, how are we going to, the coon, coon, coon what? Coon noise? I mean, none of us could pronounce pronounce it. it. And so we then, of course, tried to come up with a gimmick, like, okay, well, we're going to give it away the first year, you know, and then hopefully people will like it. And and we didn't have to. We were very selective. We sat down and looked at our list and said, okay, who, who here is man and woman enough to farm something that they don't even know what it is, right? And everybody that took it, that first vintage, um, gosh, Becker did a double gold in San Francisco, mm-hmm. McPherson, like they just, lots of people did really cool stuff with it right out of the box. And so, um, nobody, nobody's looked back on it. Everyone's had phenomenal results. And you're still bringing it in. Oh yeah. Still farming it. Oh yeah. That's awesome. It's it's a flagship red for us Mm -hmm. now. So how did you decide to start bottling your own label of wine? What did that conversation look like? I mean, you've been growing, growing, growing. It was, I guess a winery had, had walked a, a, walked a a contract and I mean, we're farmers there. That's a commodity and we're not going to go put it in the bar ditch, you know, just dump it on the ground. Um, little did we know how much money it would cost to take that to bottle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it, like Katie Jane said earlier, it made us better growers as, um, contacting Tim, Tim Drake is our winemaker and saying, what, what do you think we could do with this? Mm-hmm. And so that's how we got into that first bottle um, with Housewife, and we made it um, semi-sweet, so it was as sweet as a dry drinker would go, would drink, and as dry as a sweet drinker would drink, and we went to a few festivals, and we didn't make very many um, bottles, but we, we sold out, so we thought, whoa, man, we are, well, we, we, can, are, do we can do this, yeah. and um, little did we know how much time <laughs> and effort, and oh my gosh, it was, Money. it was a wonderful learning experience, and um, so each year we... I guess that's when we brought the year after we got boyfriend and then we had a rosé bloom and and then now we have 12 to 15 different different labels. Yeah. Is it fun? Yeah. I mean, are you having it is. fun? It yeah, is fun. It is fun. There's a lot. Yeah. It I know is it's a lot, a lot of work. It's yeah, a lot of work, but it is fun. It is fun. There's nobody like I will get lost in the kind of the grime and, and that part of it. Um, but I can honestly say I feel super blessed to in the intro, you know, you said sister-in-laws and best friends. And like, if you would have asked eight years ago, Hey, you're going to elope with somebody. And this is his sister. And you've never met her. And she looks like Miss Texas. Right. Oh my gosh. And, like, <laughs> and would she you does. two end up being, you know, as close. And we have such different work styles. Like, so, I mean, she's has a master's in education. This woman's eyes are dotted and her T's are crossed and her plan is made and she doesn't deviate. And I rolled in here today at 10 a.m., right? We're supposed to start at 10 a.m. I got in the parking lot at 10 a.m. She was here at 10 till, right? We're very different in that way. And it's just like we have hit a groove finally where it's amazing and it's so enjoyable. And I'm so it is. thankful it's so much for fun. Yeah. And you're producing an incredible product. Thank you. Thank you. We have an amazing team, top to bottom, left to right. Like you it's because it's women. No offense, <laughs> no, no, no. It is. Well, our farmers. We have. I mean, we do. We we put our money where it counts, right? We have the very best farmers, and we do have a viticulturist. We we have a viticulturist, um, and 
it's not that our farmers don't know anything, but they're also farming the row crops and they need someone to send an email to say, hey, it's that time. It's that time for petiole testing. It's that time for this. And, and I think that I mean, there's a good exchange there, too, where they bring field perspective to all of Fritz's book knowledge, right? And then our winemaker is unparalleled. He's from Washington State. He's got the most 90-point scores across three trade journals of any winemaker to date working in Texas. And then, yeah, our nine female powerhouses you know, powerhouses mm-hmm. that are they're the same every year. They're not seasonal. They don't come and go in and out of our vineyard. So, and they... They're, we are really proud to have them represent the brand. They're really proud to represent mm-hmm. the brand. So they work not only in the field, but they're at the tasting room. They do catering events with us. They do our wine club pickup parties with us. So often if you come to do a tasting or a small group event, you know, the same hands that pruned in the vineyard and effectively made the wine, made the gorditas that you're going to have or the desserts that you're going to have and they might be serving. Mm -hmm. And so there's no, I can, we can confidently say there's no other place in a six hour radius of here. Are you going to have a meal that is that fully integrated? Well, I tell you, I've been in your tasting room at White House Parker for a 40th birthday and it was packed. It was a Saturday night and I was with, you know, eight or nine other couples. And, but I mean, there were people in every room and all the couches, you know, on all the couches enjoying your wine. And there was live music on the patio and there was people outside on the patio and there was somebody, I don't know, my husband, I looked up and he was gone and he was on a mule getting a tour around, you know, (laughs) on a papa tour. Yes. Yes. Um, and it was wonderful and lovely and special and, um, an incredibly memorable night. Um, there was sangria and a story about the painting. Um, I can't remember what the story was. Um, but it was just, um, wonderful. How, how do you feel on those nights when that is the atmosphere in your tasting room? Super blessed. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, people keep coming back and enjoying the wine and the experience and just the memories, you know, it's just, that's what wine is, is the experience. And we're just so thankful. We have wonderful, um, a local crowd that supports us. And then, um, it's just so much fun having that tasting room. We'll get people coming through on their way to Redosa, you know, they're from Dallas or, or the Hill Country, and um, we can share our story with them. So the, the tasting room, what, tell us the story of that, that, the Parker House. So that is all Katie Jane. We, we have so much to be thankful for that she could see the vision because Nick and Anthony and I, we, we couldn't. We're like, people are going to come here. <laughs> like, you really want to take this house that Nick lived in, you know, previously his, before. Yeah, it was his bachelor house. And was it really? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And he practically lived at Moms or Greensies for, for meals, and they would help with laundry. But Yeah, he didn't have a refrigerator or a washer. No, he had a washer and dryer. He didn't have a refrigerator or a working stove. There's no reason. Yeah. yeah. So she saw, she saw the potential in that house and how we could turn each room into a little tasting area. And um, it rained about... Eight to eight ten days, days eight, eight day, days. days in August. And so we got the guys, I mean, everyone that works for us are just an extension of our family. We're, we're so blessed with all their talents and that what we can 
get from them. And they all but, have multiple traits. Daniel is like a master house builder. Yeah. And, and yeah, like everybody can do two or three different somethings, right? And so they, Nick was like, okay, well, you have eight days. And to me, that's just like, a, watch me do it in seven and a half, right? Like, come on. And so I'm needing eight months. <laughs> I mean, we need to plan this. We need to plan some notes. Yes. Brainstorm. We have to do it, you know, have the budget. <laughs> But it, if it didn't work out that way, I don't know if we would have done it. Right. Like no, it just, if, yeah. it, it, it all worked out and we look back on a lot of things and it just all worked out and, um, it's been, it's been a great. lot of fun. I think too, like for authenticity, that's my biggest thing, right? Is authenticity in everything that you do and you can throw a lot of money money can't buy manners and it can't buy authenticity. Like all the money in the world can never buy those two things. And so, um, just being that true to ourselves, just opening in, in a house that was literally a bachelor pad and opening like room by room. Right. And only using what you have from the farm. And, um, that's just growing the brand that we want to have. That's just who we are. And so it's worked out really nice because it's not, we don't have to tell a different story. We haven't Mm -hmm. had to borrow double down to put up a pretty facade on a corner, corner piece in town and then hope to God that they come. Right. You know, and I see that all the time in this business where people just leverage themselves and not to say that we're not leveraged because we are, (laughs) (laughs) let's make that clear. We're on a bank podcast. We are, but, um, I just, the easiest thing to tell the truth with your wines is to say, just like, we grew this, we made this, we hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, find me on your merry way. There's 8 billion more wines to try. Don't quit trying wine because there is one out there for you. So for our listeners who are interested in, in learning more about farmhouse vineyards, purchasing some wine, what's the best way to do that? Come see us. Mm-hmm. Come, come see us in Brownfield. Don't drive. Yes. Take a bus. Take an Uber. <laughs> Stay a while. Um, we we have our website. at farmhousevineyards.com. We we will deliver to you. We do deliver. You, yeah. I'm um, live in the area, and but we're open Thursday through Saturdays, and we would love to see you. So what what's next for your family, for your family business? Well. <laughs> we we have purchased a building and we are excited to um, see where that that leads us. But um, you heard it here first. I did. We you, did you, on the spirit. You broke of some news. Yeah, Yay. no one knows. No, yeah. we should. But yes, um, should sure. we tell what what it is? Sure. The the um, the old armory in town in Brownfield. We, awesome. Um, purchased that and it has some great great memories for Nick and I. Um, and we're excited to, to hopefully have um, tanks there one day and yeah. um, just slowly grow into that facility. But authentically, yeah. yes, it's got yeah. a classroom and commercial kitchen mm. offices. Right now, Tracy and I are live out of multiple bags in our cart. Right, we work and then we <laughs> stick it in our bag and then we run to pick up kids and then jerk it back out mm-hmm. of our bag. And we would really, after building a brand for five years like an office, like a stationary mm-hmm. place, you know. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. That's so fun. Thank you for sharing that with us too. I, I'm wondering, you have two young families and you're balancing work life, running a business families. Do you think that this is something, I know farming, there's, there's a, 
like you said, you can't just wake up one day and decide to be a farmer. It's a legacy. Um, do you think that your kids will carry this legacy on when they get older? Man, we hope, hope so. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I think, you know, the, our, our hard work, hopefully the kids will, will see, um, in 15, 20 years. They seem to love it now. Mm-hmm. That's, that is one of the things though, that I causes me to be so bitter about the business side of it is I see so I have seen so many families that worked so hard in theory the whole time parents worked so hard to thinking they were building something they were going to hand to their kids and and in fact they ignored their children the whole time so when it comes time for the handoff the kids are like peace out Mm -hmm. I don't want that I'm backpacking across Europe see you later right Mm -hmm. and so we try to be really cognizant of that in the way that we do have balance. Tracy's really good about calling a halt when we are and saying, nope, we know, you know, this is, we need time. She's, she's really good about voicing it. Cause I can voice it. And it sounds like I'm just nagging my husband, her brother. Right. But she's the voice of reason for every single member in our entity period. So when she calls a halt, everyone Everybody listens, listens. <laughs> Everybody listens. Yeah. Um, but I think too, like, Legacy planning is hard. I don't care if you're talking about inheriting four goats or 400 goats. It is hard, and it and and it's something that needs to be talked about. And and my bigger thing is like anything you get for free or anything that's just given to you, you're going to treat maybe not necessarily poorly, but you're not going to value it, right? So we're trying to say to our kids like you'll have the option, you'll have the option to purchase this you know, over time, or it can be yours, but it's, we're not killing ourselves to just, there you go. (laughs) We're not getting this for free. Yeah. I mean, that's just one day. I hope they appreciate what, what we've, the hard work and time that we've, we've done, but we're very family friendly. So if you come down, if you've got children, there's toys everywhere. Most of the time our our kids are there and, um, trying to help out, you know, as much as they can in a tasting room, but they'll help package wine club and during pumpkin and watermelon season, they yeah. will sell you a oh, pumpkin. Yeah, they will oh, sell I love you. A yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, but, and you know, they can look back and have those great, great memories yeah. and hopefully not think it was torture, you know, but they have to put their time in it too. That's right. So what, what advice would the two of you have for, Um, just from a business perspective and maybe not necessarily looking at this industry and what you do, but some of the challenges that you faced and how you've persevered. Just, I love the story about how you bottled your first, you did your first bottling, you know, you, it was a result of, it was necessity and, you know, you didn't want to lose what you had grown. And I guess my question ultimately is, you know, what advice do you have for, in terms of perseverance and, and fighting through when you're trying to run a business, a small business? Just stick with it. Stick with it. And lots yeah. of prayer. Lots of prayer. <laughs> and communicate. Yes, communication yeah. is key. And even and um like good communication and bad communication. Like to say that we haven't had full on, you know, tears and and, and loud communication, uh-huh. right? But um to get it out there with civility is super important. And now we know, right now we don't reach those peak moments because we can say, 
we can head them off at the past. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is what I'm. This is what I'm feeling. Understanding our styles and mentors. I, mentorship is so important. If you see someone that you admire, and ask them, are you willing to be a mentor? Or, you know shadowing people that you think are successful and ask them how, you know, ask them why and how they got there. And there's a reason, there's a reason people are successful and it's usually hard ass work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in a, a family business, I mean, it's, it's possible. It is possible and it can be hard, Yes. but, um, just figuring out how you work with each other and complement each other, I think is key to figure out. You have to go through the highs and lows, but It'll all work we get, out. We get a lot of people, it's shocking to us every time, we get a lot of people that walk in the door and say, oh, you guys are a family business. Oh, God. And they want to tell us their horror story of how their family business and failed. And they'll say, oh, I give it another year. Yeah. I mean, to our face. All the time. <laughs> I'll prove you wrong. Right? And we just, just think like, me. wow, you know? And we think, and it's, to me, it's always a mark of like, well, maybe it was you, right? Yeah, like, no doubt. <laughs> mm-hmm. My mom used to tell me that if everybody's mad at you. Maybe. Maybe it's maybe you. It's, yeah. yeah. It's not everybody, you know? And we just kind of look at each other. We don't have to say a word. We just look at each other and we're like, not us, man. You know, we'll die trying. We will die trying. So y'all have been such a joy to have on the podcast today. Thank you so much for taking time. I know you're busy for coming all the way in from Brownfield to visit with us. Great. Appreciate it so much. This has been a special episode and I wish you the very best of luck in all that you do. Thank Thank you. You know, Amy, I love hearing stories of perseverance about family businesses and success stories from that. And this is definitely one of those success stories Yeah. with, with these two. They jumped in and built this thing from the ground up, pivoting from, from cotton and grew this thing to what it is today, which is incredible. I know. I know. It's like they are this powerhouse yeah. combination of like energy and creativity and wisdom and fun and they're just it works yeah yeah um it's it works it's like a magnetic business and a magnetic team of of owners you know you you hear stories about uh family businesses crashing and burning internally from just crazy things going on and the two of them said many times that they will not let this fail they are primed and determined to just make this work and they also mentioned several times that it's because they are different in personalities that makes this work and you can even tell from from talking to them today how different they are but man the synergy between the two of them together is just incredible and And their respect for what the other uh, one brings to the table you know yeah it's refreshing. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think that's a huge, a huge part and reasoning behind their success. Mm-hmm. I think Tracy mentioned that they started out in cotton and then just realized it wasn't working. There was something just not working for them. And uh, so pivoting, they went to grapes and just made this thing work and stretch and just skyrocketed from there. Yeah, I know. We talk about, the, again, the spirit of West Texas. Um, lying in the hearts of its people. It's mm-hmm. like the get the job done, you know, won't take no for an answer, you know, put yeah. your nose to the ground and make it happen. Spirit, and that's what they have. Yes. You know, that's what people around here have and they 
they certainly um, have that, and and they've they've not quit. They've they've pivoted. They've and no adapted. signs of quitting. No, no signs at all. Uh, you know, we got the uh, scoop here that they're going to open up uh, yeah. another spot, and they're just no signs. They are they are going to keep on moving forward and keep on moving up. And uh, and I'm just I'm so happy for the two of them and excited just to see where yes. it grows from here. Yes, Brownfield. There again, Farmhouse Vineyards is located in Brownfield, right up the road from us. Um, here in Lubbock. It's just a quick drive. And hop, skip, and a jump. Hop, skip, and a jump. Or maybe an Uber ride would probably be <laughs> oh, yeah, the, best, right. exactly. <laughs> the best way to get there. But um, you can taste their wines in their tasting room at the White House Parker um, Tasting Room in Brownfield. And also we have something super excited for our listeners. Um, you can find us on Facebook, First Standard Bank on Facebook, and um, check out how you can win a gift basket with all kinds of cool swag from Farmhouse and some of their award-winning wines. Can't beat that. No. But I can't can't sign up. I think we've already discussed this. No, no, I can't. wish that I I'll could. tell you what, we have we have several bottles of oh, Farmhouse good. wine in the fridge well, in here. I'll, I'll send one you of those on the plug. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Spirit of West Texas podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.